Hello! Welcome to a Muggle's Perspective! Hello out there! Good eye! Crikey! It's a Muggle's Perspective. We're coming, we're coming to you from Australia! Throw some shrimp on the barbie! There it is. My Australian is weak. We couldn't get through an Australian accent without saying shrimp on the barbie. Dingoes! This is a podcast where we uh, we teach you how to do accents. We're accent experts, and we just kind of go around the world. We pick a country. Experts. <laughs> Ex experts. Yeah. What experts. Would, what's an expert in axes then? That's an axman. That's <laughs> like you'll call your local axman when yeah. deciding what you need to cut to to fell the tree in your backyard. What if and if you say chop it down, they just walk out. Yeah. Like, you clearly don't They're have like, respect for this store. process. Don't ever call me again. <laughs> my store. You walk into my local axe establishment <laughs> and don't even axe know establishment. terminology. Ex-establishment? <laughs> okay. Okay, Jeremy's gigantic Mac. How does this Rookie, work have here? you ever cut down a tree? Um, I've cut down many a Christmas tree. Does I'll that count? That. If yeah. that counts, then absolutely. I have. What'd you use to cut it? Um, like a handsaw? I don't know. It's like a. It's like a, the shape of a bow that you'd use to shoot a yep. deer, generally. Yep. And yep. it's uh, okay. it's pretty long, and it has like a handle kind of on one end, and you just kind of. I'll take that. Fairly long teeth. Yeah, we pretty much have it um, for the purpose of felling Christmas trees. I will tell you, you should you should before you die get get your uh, chainsaw in your hands. Yeah, cut into some wood with a chainsaw. It's it'll change your life. It's an experience. Yeah, I'll have to put that on the list. I'm sure there is a sizable list of things that I should do and have not, from a manliness perspective. Asterisk on that one. Don't do it by yourself. No, I couldn't and wouldn't. I wouldn't know how. John would be like, "Okay, now pull out the clutch a little bit," and I would say, "You're gonna need to use smaller words for me." Gonna need you to dumb that down. That's all right. You, learn, someone gets it somehow. started and then hands it to me. Is that acceptable? Yeah. Okay. We could do that. I feel like I could do that. Okay. Now, is there a market for you and I to open up an an establishment where we have power tools and a supervisor, and it's just like, guys, go crazy, chop. The wood, you got your axes, you've got chain we've got chainsaws, <laughs> we've got pole saws even if you wanna chainsaw something to tie up. What else is fun? Yeah. Yeah. Um you just wanna play with a in a bobcat? Like a kind of old bobcat. Be a good time. Yeah. Done that's yeah, that's that would be right underneath the list on getting a chainsaw in your hands is just doing anything with a skid steer. Is that a bobcat? Um, yeah. Okay. Could you do this while inebriated? Would you be allowed to come to this establishment while inebriated? Because if so, it'd be encouraged. It'd be a bachelor. It'd be a bachelor party destination, right? 
<laughs> really, I think that's the market we're going after. It is. Like, guys, that's what I'm saying. Don't go out to Vegas mm-hmm. and spend a bunch of money, make bad decisions that mm-hmm. you'll regret. Mm-hmm. Come to the establishment and make bad and decisions. Just destroy stuff. Yeah. Honestly. And I've like those places exist where you can like break plates and stuff like that, but we're talking way larger scale. Break doors. You can throw you we can, you can do the axe throwing thing like that that can just be part of the experience the experience. Yeah. Yep. We're gonna need some serious insurance <laughs> and some serious acreage and some serious lawyers. I know a lawyer. It's a start. Good enough for me. <laughs> it's a start. <laughs> so this is a podcast where we make fun of Braden for not knowing stuff about Harry Potter. Braden is slowly learning more about Harry Potter. Today he learned about chapters five and six of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. That happened. Mm-hmm. So you read these, what, just now? About an hour ago. About an hour yep. ago, yeah. That's mm-hmm. why you said you can be half hour late because you're finishing up. I was a half hour late because Hannah and I decided to venture into Costco and grab a pizza. And that's a half hour process? Uh, actually, it is. Wow. Yeah, I um, kind of didn't realize that when that mm-hmm. we decided to act upon that idea. But they make it fresh right there in front of you. Oh. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like a frozen pizza. And I was like, really? No, no, no. Like Costco, everybody, since we moved here, everybody's been telling us that Costco pizza is like something to behold. Like it's it's good. I mean, I've heard of Sam's Club. I guess maybe it is. You can go and get a slice, or you could get like a mm-hmm. like a hot dog and a soft drink for two bucks or something. Yeah, they uh, same thing at Sam's Club. But for whatever reason, everybody's been saying that like Costco pizza is like, mm. as far as cheap pizza goes, it is legit. So we got an eighteen inch pepperoni pizza for ten dollars. Okay. Um. I just ate a lot of it like moments ago mm-hmm. and it was pretty good for a cheap pizza. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. good. It, only complaint, a little greasy. You're going to want, you're going to want some napkins to soak that up a little bit. Yeah. But some paper towel, no one can see you do that. You have to do that in secret. The grease yeah. dabbing. Yeah. That's not something that you just like, look, everybody, I'm dabbing grease off my pizza. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I thought it was okay because when I was at Wabash, like the star quarterback of the football team, mm-hmm. like really, really good football player, um, kind of a you know stud on campus, if you will. He all the girls at Wabash get, were really fond. All over the him. girls at Wabash were just going crazy for him. Um, <laughs> he would get pizza almost every day at lunch, and had this whole like ritual where he would like lay it out in a line and basically have a like two napkins for each piece. Wow. And he would sit and dab them. And I always thought like, that's weird, man. Why are you doing that? (laughs) It's like Um, you could cut down your grease consumption by eating less pizza. Yeah. But then I tried a piece of their pizza and it was like, Oh, like you, you, this is almost, this is necessary. Like it's, it's not, so it's probably not a preference thing. Like they, you need to like ring this out before you try. And so if, if you'd talk to him, he would have been like, I don't like that. I'm doing it either, but it just is what it is. I don't know if he would have said anything. I think he would have just pointed to the piece of pizza and then I'd have looked at it and saw that it was floating yeah. in grease. Yeah. And I'd have been like, Oh, all right. I'm sorry. I'll go back to the nerd table. Yeah. 
the nerd table, that's that's a statement at Wabash College. Yeah, I wasn't at the nerd table either. I was at the Jeed. The quiet table. table? The Jeed? Yeah. I don't know what so, that is. So um, I was an independent at mm-hmm. Wabash. I was not mm-hmm. in a fraternity. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you get labeled a GDI, a Jeed for sure. I'm not going to spell that out. You can use your context clues, figure it out. Independents are uh, not. Um, okay. They're frowned upon. They're frowned upon. Yeah. You're, it's not that you're not liked. There's plenty of independents that Brock, Brock was an independent, mm-hmm. very well liked guy at Wabash. Uh, you're just kind of like looked down upon, like, really? You're not going to join a frat? Really? Hmm. So, there's an entirely useless story not about Harry Potter. It's like the Check third that one that we've list. gone through. If someone else opens up an establishment and, like, doesn't give us credit for it, I'm going to be ticked. Royalties. Yeah. What's our percentage? Like five. It doesn't have to be high. Yeah. Passive income. We're talking about chapters five and six. Wow, what a segue. We really are really are podcasting professionals here. Chapters five and six of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Chapter five, Fallen Warrior. The headline, Braden? Fallen Warrior. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're talking about Hedwig. Yeah. RIP to a real one. Rest in plumage, Hedwig. <laughs> well done. That's just off I the didn't dome. want to laugh at that, but it was that good. It was just off the dome. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, what are your favorite memories of Mad-Eye Moody? How sad are you? Um, what do you miss in your life? I mean, don't hate me, but I'm not that sad. Okay, why? Not that I not I'm not happy. I'm sure. Not happy about no, it I understand. Uh, I just I never really had a connection with him. I don't think. <laughs> it's tough because you're like, oh, I know who Mad Eye Moody is, and then he says, wrong. I'm Barty Crouch Jr. for some exactly. reason. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that. And we, you know, I had so many issues with that movie that he was such an important character <laughs> that it, like, I don't know. You didn't um, like. You didn't like him licking his lips all the time. You weren't a big fan of the lip licking. You lip licker. <laughs> Uh, I think. Who are you calling Cootie Queen? <laughs> uh, I still pull that one out on Hannah every now and then. Um, the question was, am I sad about Mad Eye Moody? Yeah, what are your favorite Mad Eye Moody memes? I think just him yelling constant vigilance. Yeah, that's all. That's all that we all have. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really want to kind of work that into my daily vocabulary at some yeah. point mm-hmm. just i want that to, to be something that comes to my mind immediately like in good situations where it's warranted to just like say that way more aggressively than is needed for the situation hey hey, hey. constant vigilance <laughs> yeah i just and I, I want people to kind of look at me like what okay what what what's your deal man and then i'm just not gonna say anything and like walk away yeah my favorite Mad Eye memory, Mad Eye Moody memory, <laughs> Mad Eye Memedy is at the end of the fifth book. At the end of the fifth book, Harry gets off the train and he he and the squad had just like wrecked Crab and Goyle, like turned them into slugs or something. This mm-hmm. might, that might be the fourth book. I could be wrong. Anyway, they get off the train and Moody and Lupin and Arthur are waiting there 
for Harry and Ron and Hermione. And Moody like stumps over to the Dursleys and is like, hey, you better freaking watch it. Okay. Constant vigilance. I'm Harry Potter. I I need some constant vigilance, Dursley. And Vernon's like, oh, what? What are you going to do? Some big guy, you threatening me? And then he like, he has a hat and he like pulls it up and shows his crazy eye. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I am threatening you. I didn't think you were smart enough to know I was threatening you. So there's like a little scene of that that I really like. And that, that he would good. wear he would wear a hat big enough to cover a gigantic blue eye. Yeah, what does that hat look like? It I think it's like the Carmen San Diego hat. <laughs> yeah, it's like a sun hat. Yeah. A sombrero, maybe. Just in the middle of London. Moody has a lot of Hispanic heritage yeah. that he likes to just nod to, you know. Ojo enojado, Moody. <laughs> Love that. Uh, that's a good memory. Thank you. Vigilancia constante. So yeah, I mean, it's the constant vigilance. Tonks is sad. Harry's sad. Um, I wanted to ask you, so in this chapter in general, you just get a lot of Harry feeling bad feeling like he is the root of the bad things that have happened. It's like a, conf- it's, I wrote down conflicted and guilty. So I was wondering mm-hmm. why you think that is. Well, like Harry has never really, I don't, I, I don't feel like he's ever really enjoyed all the spotlight that comes with being Harry Potter. Okay. And all, rather the constant than, vigilance, you know, yeah. the day in day out <laughs> vigilance, the emotional heft that comes with it. Um, <laughs> I think I forgot about it. We didn't ask Chad yeah. if that if that would Chad. That we okay, Chad. If you're listening, can you call in and let us know if emotional heft will or will not Chad? <laughs> not really sure how we're going to even be able to focus the rest of this episode without having that answer. But it's hanging over our heads. Sheesh. Um, so I think that Harry has rather than like because he's not arrogant and he's not. Um, consumed with himself so rather like if he were he would probably step into or lean a lot more heavily into the spotlight that comes with you know the the articles the girls the Mm -hmm. you know the fame and fortune that comes with being harry potter Mm -hmm. um he does i don't know if you remember there's a scene in the sixth movie it might have been too dark for you to see it happening but he and hermione are in the library and she's like before we had the brightness on 200 probably (laughs) and she's like who are you gonna take to slughorn's party like you got to be careful you know there's people out here trying to give you love potion and stuff and 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 she's like they all just like you because they think you're the chosen one and he's like well hermione i am the chosen one and she smacks him and so yeah. that never happens in the books, but it seems like it would make sense for like where, you know, his age and where that's kind of going. Yeah. So maybe without Hermione, he would get sucked mm-hmm. into that, but mm-hmm. because he, he's so he's far, too the fanciable. Opposite, <laughs> he's, he's very fanciable. He's so far the opposite mm-hmm. of that, that like, I think he focuses more and is more blinded by like the negativity that comes with probably because his life's on the line. So that makes sense. But um, always on the line. He is selfless. He is always kind of thinking of others and um, being in the position he's in. And with basically everyone's goal right now is just to move him safely. That's what everyone's lives have become about, mm-hmm. at least in the order, right? So that would weigh on a guy. Like 
man, like people's ears are getting cut off and like people are losing their lives. People are losing their owls. Um, and it's really because Voldemort wants me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, I think if you can put yourself in his shoes, it'd be hard not to feel a little bit of guilt. I mean, everyone has kind of uprooted their entire lives for you. Um, not be not and not begrudgingly, but like right. That would I mean that would just be hard, right? It's interesting because they the other people don't seem to understand. They're like, "Well, you should be grateful. Like we sacrificed this to get you here." And he's like, "No, that's why I have to leave because I'm putting you in danger. Like if you leave, that'll just it's like it's cyclical. If you mm-hmm. leave, then that'll just invalidate what we did." And he's like, "I'm not trying to invalidate. I'm trying to make it no longer necessary." Yeah, and that's just not realistic. Yeah. I mean, he's the... Because, like, while they are sacrificing for Harry with good intentions, they're also sacrificing for Harry because they know he's their only hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. He's he's kind of losing sight of that. Yeah. Something about great power and great responsibility, right? Yeah. can't remember that line, but... It'll come to me. <laughs> if any of you guys can think of uh, what that saying is... Go ahead and call us at 978-768-8370, 978-POTTER0. Just howlin'. You can text. Let us know what that's a reference to. I don't remember what I was going to say. So do you... I think it's, uh, you're a wizard, Harry, that comes with great power and responsibility. Your wizardry is the source of your great power, but also your great responsibility. Um, So going forward... Like you said, their lives are about moving Harry from one place to another right now. Is that, do you see more of these events of like Brink's truck moving Harry from one place to another? Do we have a couple more of those coming up? The transportation issue? Excuse me. Yeah, I think so. You can't hang out in one place for too long. Like Voldemort's going to figure it out. Um, I guess the question more becomes like, at what point are you just going to form a plan to, to face off with him? Yeah. Um, Cause you can't just keep trying to move him covertly like this and yeah. not expect to lose lives. Well, it's um, a problem when you're Harry and you know, you can't win that plan because of the Horcrux situation. Right. Yeah. And that's the part that like, it was good that the, the chapter six focused more on the Horcruxes because I keep forgetting that piece of this. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of, which is stupid because that's a really important plot line. But um, like the whole time they were getting attacked in the air, and then at the start of chapter five, mm-hmm. like I'm reading it, thinking like just go go to him, take the fight mm-hmm. to him, mm-hmm. go figure it out. And uh, not that simple. He literally can't be killed. Yeah, which is like. That's what I'm curious about right now is like, this is a very thick book and we've got a lot to read, but we need to find how many Horcruxes now? It's, it's a lot of Horcruxes. I mean, more than I think this, we've, I'm guessing this book warrants time for. We've destroyed two, right? The ring and the book. Yeah. And then we thought we found the locket. So that leaves between four and five arguably four and a half yeah and And that's if there's seven that's if there's seven and and who knows 
where those are at right. in Europe or beyond. It's in Calcobo. <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't, the more we read, not that we've read a ton of this book yet, but uh, the more I think about it as we read, I don't think they're going to find them all by the end of this. Right. And I think it's kind of a cliffhanger, cliff, cliffhanging ending to the series. Okay, that's a take. I like it. Um, a couple questions about this chapter specifically. Um, there's a lot of discussion about who betrayed the order, right? Lupin is, like, asking security questions, like he thinks that you're a robot trying to buy a laptop on Amazon. Kingsley's yelling at people. Yeah, like Lupin gets right in Harry's face and, and is he's like, like, which of these shoot? pictures contains a bridge? Dang it. That's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> sorry. I should have let you have gosh. it. I should have let you have it. I'm sorry. Here, well, let's redo it. Jeremy, you can cut that out. I was going for the dunk, and you just swatted it into the stands. I'm that Dwayne Wade commercial where there's like a Chinese Dwayne Wade. <laughs> no, that's good. That's what I was going for. I'm glad somebody. Do you want to redo it? So you can no, no, it? no. I'm a team player. Okay. I, but I just stole it from I, I Russell Westbrook to you. I'm just here to win championships. Okay. If you're the MVP, that's fine. You're the Robert Ori. Big shot Bob. Yeah. Bill Simmons calls him Robert Ho- Rob Horry. He probably Bob does. Horry, that's and it's just it's unacceptable. It's like we all know how to pronounce this name. Yeah, like like Robert Horry. Yeah, Bill Simmons. <laughs> Was that your Bill Simmons impression? <laughs> I don't know what the like weird speech impediment thing he has is. I'm doing more of like a Jim Rome than I am. <laughs> Bill Simmons has like a high Phenomenal. voice. When Cousin Sally swim with me, he's like, yeah, sports guy here at the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I just, why are we playing Shemmy Ojale? We got to get more minutes for Tatum. Pay attention to how he says his R's, though. Have you ever picked <laughs> up on that? I, I don't know that I have. I'll have to. Hayward. For- Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. No, it's it? words. Gordon. Words. God and Hayward. Rob, Rob, like Robert Ory. How does he say it? Just listen for it next time. I I just tried to do it and I can't. I don't even know how to explain it. I just listened to to a Simmons and Ryan Rosillo pod today. I'll have to. I like Rosillo. Okay, so you thing now, right? mm -hmm. Like he's he's at the he's at the Ringer, pretty much, which is Bill Simmons' media company. Yeah. Okay, that shows how long it's been since I've read the Ringer. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, they're not. Neither of them is writing. They're they're doing podcasts and stuff. Sweet, I like that. Yeah. Sorry, text from my wife. No, you're good. She wanting to come on the pod. No. She she keep every time we talk about something that's not Harry Potter, she texts you and is like, um, "I think you're <laughs> off topic." No. She's timing it like the Harry Potter talk. Just Harry Potter talk. You could have been done in 25 minutes, and we could be watching Sherlock. She did get a little concerned. Um, that's only happened once. It happened last episode. We had a we had a chat episode. Yeah, and it went it went very long, as one as one does. I had to just calmly explain to her afterwards, like, you know, it was a chat episode. Like, what what do you want? And, and she got it. Yeah, she's like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Classic Hannah. I can see her saying that. 
So do you have a theory as to how the Death Eaters, we can agree, it seems like they knew about the Seven Potters thing. For sure. Well, they knew, they definitely knew what night it was happening. Yep. That preparation had occurred. Yeah. So do we have an idea of who gave away that information? Or to me, I feel like it has to be Mungungus. Okay. Just because he's a sketchy dude? Yeah, I guess he, and I mean, granted, he's the easy target here. Mm-hmm. Um. It's, it's never the person you suspect the most or the person you suspect the least. So who do you suspect the middleest? Who do I su- suspect? Who do I suspect? The middleest. Um, I'm curious about Kingsley. Oh. He's in the ministry. Yeah. Like, he's... He's the one that I don't feel like is as close to him and Mungungus mm-hmm. are kind of like rogue a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like they show up at certain points and at least in Kingsley's case, like he's, whenever he does show up, he's always very devoted and loyal and mm-hmm. like there for the cause. But where's he at? But where's he, where's he at when he's not? What's he doing? I know it's probably order related stuff, but like he is probably around a lot of, Shady characters and we thought Snape was out doing order related stuff. We did. Look how that turned out. Fooled me once. Um Does Snape die in this series? Yeah, well I'll just tell you about Snape dying. That's fine. I thought I might catch you so, off guard. I needed to say it quicker. So what happens is that Ron he breaks his wand again. It's classic. It just circles back. Okay, so he's got the broken wand. Have you seen the Meg? where Jason Statham is riding the shark and he kills it by stabbing it in the eye. It's like that. He's got the broken pieces of his wand. Okay. Out of principle, I don't watch Jason Statham movies. <laughs> he, and so Voldemort's dueling Harry's dueling Harry doesn't notice Ron spider monkey onto his back. Okay. He's got these two, he's double fisting the broken shards of his wand. He's just double, he's just double fisting them. We've got to be and more then careful. Here he gets him in both sure. eyes. Gets him in both eyes. Right? What are you going to do? You got a wand in both eyes. You're dead now. Okay. I, I forgot mean, that we were talking about Snape, not Voldemort, but it stands. Uh, he doesn't have Horcruxes, so, so he's allowed to die. What you're telling me is that Snape is Voldemort. Snape de Mort. Think about it. Volda Snape. Werewolf Mape. I think we've landed on a winner. <laughs> it sounds good, is what you like about it. Yeah. That one ro- rolled off the tongue. Say it then. Werewoldemape. <laughs> Werewoldemape. Werewoldemape. Now say it like Bill Simmons. <laughs> Werewoldemape. <laughs> this is Eric Cartman. Oh, Cartman. <laughs> now say it like uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, Snape, yeah. <laughs> You guys, guys, tell me. This is it. Carmen, shut up. He's not going to tell you the end of the book. <laughs> um, let's see. I've got another question here. Oh, there's a little bit at the at the end. I almost forgot about this scene of it seems like Harry goes in he what? Goes into Voldemort's mind on accident. Can't help mm-hmm. himself. You remember this scene? You heard about this? You seen this? You heard about this? There's a situation where he goes into Voldemort's mind on accident. We thought we were done with that, but we're not. And Voldemort is seems to be torturing Ollivander. 
Yeah, I still don't know how to deal with this whole idea that Harry is connected mentally to Voldemort. Like, feels the anger, feels the... I, that's weird, and I don't know what to make of it. You have no guesses to, as to what it means. I'm trying to keep track of all my old guesses. Well, don't worry. I've got a uh, Google Doc that I update religiously with all of your predictions in it that I've definitely accessed any time in the last four books. Because um, I think at one point I thought that Harry and Voldemort are like related somehow. That was in the episode one. Hmm. Um. Because they both they both speak parcel tongue. True facts. Um, I don't know. I don't know what. They're both orphans. They're both orphans. They are both. They share. They've got the fox wand. The one phoenix the wand. wand situation. That's the big one. I'm. I'm. Yeah. The wand. Yeah, we did, we kind of glossed over that last last chapter and it comes back up where Harry's like, Oh yeah, something happened with my wand. They're like, Oh, you mean you're good at magic? No, no, I promise it's not that. I swear it's not that I'm good. Cause I guess I could just chalk it up to the prophecy, right? Like they've always been connected as soon as that prophecy was made. But I, that to me, that still doesn't explain the whole like Harry can jump inside Voldemort's mind situation. Um, it's tough. It is. I can't even come up with like a reasonable prediction for it. Well, so the last time this happened, if you'll recall, was when. You know, Voldemort showed Harry an image of him torturing Sirius that was not actually happening. So we have to, I think it's fair that we have to question now, is this actually happening? Right, because we said in that particular instance that Voldemort was using it as a kind of luring tactic, right? Because uh, Harry has the hero complex, whether he realizes it or not, of like, I refuse to stand idly by while someone may be suffering. Mm -hmm. I'm jumping into action. And Voldemort's like, yes, yes, you are. You're going to jump right into the action, and I'm going to kill you. Um, so at this point, even if we don't know how it's happening, are we willing to believe that we really did just see Voldemort attacking Ollivander? Um, I'm a little more willing to believe it is happening in this example because in previous chapters, the wand was clearly on Voldemort's mind, right? Like he took Lucius's wand. Mm -hmm. um, Vol Ollivander was referenced earlier as being in Ollivander, the basement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and clearly it... Voldemort's concerned about it for good reason. Like that's really all that kept Harry alive was the fact that his wand acted of its own accord. Um, right. So the wand is clearly a big concern here. And um, Ollivander's the guy when it comes to 
expertise in that area. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, as of right now, I, I believe that's happening. Okay. Um, a couple quick do we cares. Do we care about George's ear? Um, at first, yes. Was very concerned he was just going to bleed out from the side of his head. As, as I um, would. Hannah. Hannah. If someone, if your ear got cut off, how long would it take you to bleed out? I can almost guarantee she would answer that. Well, that depends. <laughs> on what? On the size of the ear? On the size of the person? Probably how, the size, they, the size of the. Um, were they what's holding? The, what's the medical term? Abrasion. For, yeah, I was gonna use that, but I think that's. I think that's wrong. I think she would say wound. That's like a scrape. She would, say wound. would she say wound? Yeah. That's the medical term. That's the medieval term. I know. I think that's what. How big be the wound, (laughs) Brayden? The wound be Abe, the size of four shillings. (laughs) Ah, well, he's dead. Wouldn't have mattered how many shillings. Wounds be wounds. Let's get our goblets and drink in his honor. To George, huzzah! So we were concerned. We're now not as worried, even though she it can't be reattached. Can't be reattached. Um, but that kind of seem that seems like the kind of thing Fred or George would roll with. Like they would own it, and you start to see that with the comedy, right? Yeah. So that's when I became a lot less concerned. Okay. Um, do we care about Tonks's parents showing up in this chapter, Mister and Missus Tonks? In the beginning of the chapter, Harry wakes yeah. up. He's at their house. Yeah, I kind of do. Um, seem kind of random. <laughs> And, like, not a whole lot of explanation. Just like, all right, now we're in Tonks' parents' house, and now we're not. It's like, get out of my book, Tonks' parents. I'm trying to read a Harry <laughs> yeah. Potter book. It's like, what? This isn't, where the frick did you guys come from? Tonks' dad and the Deathly Hallows. <laughs> I'd be into it. I mean, I'd read it. Um, Harry's like, hey, you! Oh. Oh, it's not. It, you're not but, your sister. I do want to say, it seems like they knew about what was going on, right? What do you mean? Like the like they knew that they were the seven Potters situation. Moved. Yeah, yeah. And so the network of is, potential leak is wider than we thought. It is, and we know nothing about Tonks's parents. Are they good? Are they evil? They're Tonks's parents. We know that they. It's not like so. That's Bellatrix's sister. Is Tonks's mom? And according to Bellatrix, they don't like hang out. She married a muggle. Yeah. I'm just saying, like you said, the, your your network here is growing and gets harder to fill the cracks where leaks. What's that come. what's that phrase about ships and leaks and lips? I don't Someone's gonna have to call nine seven eight seven six eight eight three seven zero. Help me out with that one. Pandering. Pandas. Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I was sure you were going to say pandemonium. It was the only other word I could think of. Pandemic. Really, that's the only concern for George is how's he going to wear a mask? Yeah, that's so true. It's going to be like a wrap situation. Or those ones yeah. that like are fairly tight and you wear around your neck and then you pull it up like a scarf, like your skein. Yeah, I've kind of I've kind of transitioned to those. Like those a lot more. I respect it. I wish I had one. I just don't know of, how effective they are. I wear the but... disposable ones. I had a cloth one, then Rachel broke it. So 
Yeah. Pan, pan dulce. That starts with panned. Uh, do we? Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> not the first time that's been referenced. Do we care about Lupin talking down to Harry about like using Expelliarmus too much? It's his signature move. There's a conversation on page seventy-one. He's like, "Oh, well, that's how they knew." Because yeah. it's like, "Oh, look at me, I'm Harry Potter. I use Expelliarmus, idiot. Mix it up." Yeah, I kind of liked it. I'll be honest. I really like aggressive, sort of angry Lupin. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's got to take charge. Now yeah. Dumbledore's gone. Moody's gone. And uh, <clears throat> I think sometimes Harry needs some like tough love, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not naturally that aggressive. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Can kind of be on his heels at times. Other times not, but like. I do think Lupin's right. Like, look, you can either kill them or they're going to kill you. Yeah. So this isn't the time to be good-natured all the time, Harry. <laughs> this is the time to be not killing people, Harry. <laughs> yeah. What have I taught you about murder? Do it. Yeah. Do it more. I mean, to be fair, like, I'm sure Harry has a lot of hesitance just in all that he's learning about killing people right with like the splitting of souls and yeah stuff. true oh no what if he accidentally makes a horcrux turns ron into a horcrux not very smart ron could die real quick he's pretty dumb yeah and i applaud him for like seeing stan and being like nah this isn't the real stan i don't want to kill stan yeah um but i also like i totally get where lupin's coming from like look if you think lucius malfoy is gonna like spare you because you're a boy Mm-hmm. Like you're dead wrong. He's just he's gonna murder you on the spot. So mm-hmm. you need to be ready, and you need to figure something else out apart from Expelliarmus. Mm-hmm. This next do we care is kind of a is kind of a dual chapter. It's kind of the whole thing. Do we care about the Harry and Ginny dynamic? Oh, we care. There's a lot never of never stopped like, caring. There's a lot of like we wanted to hold hands, but we couldn't. I I wished I could just hug her. We looked at each other meaningfully. And in that moment, I realized I haven't talked to her since the library. And yeah. we were alone. Yeah, since that moment. Um, yeah, the sexual tension is building. Mm-hmm. But it, it cannot be. It's a forbidden love. It's not forbidden, but Will they or cool. won't they? So it's a real Romeo and Juliet. It is. It is. Their families are natural enemies, you know? They're both gonna they're gonna kill themselves on accident. Exactly. Exactly. We've got a real Rojo situation <laughs> on our hands. That's their that's their ship name. Yeah. Um Yeah, I care. For for better, for worse, important or not, I've always cared. I feel that they will end up together. Yeah. It's destiny. It's the one take that you've really stuck to between that and uh Neville turning evil. Evil. <laughs> More like Neville. Neville Longbottom. <laughs> Good at doing crimes. He's listening. He's like, I'll show you, Lupin. I'll kill people. I can step up where Harry can't. I'll throw Why my plants at them. Unforgivable. I don't know if you know that YouTube video. I do. I'm like, <laughs> the year 2008. Uh, not a lot of opportunities to reference that video. I mean, this wasn't really one either. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, is there really ever? (laughs) Kind of one of those things you just force in there, you know? 
Chapter six, the ghoul in pajamas. This is this one's about a ghoul wearing pajamas. This is just a good slice of life. Like you ever wish that you just lived in the burrow? Welcome to this chapter. Yeah, this is one of those chapters that um, Braden routinely com- complains about throughout the books mm-hmm. of like, you know, this is nice and I, I appreciate um, kind of the transition chapters, I guess, and the, the fact that they are necessary, but it's like, like I mentioned earlier, this is a very large book and I don't know how necessary chapters like that are anymore. Well, this... We've got a lot to decide here in the last book. This chapter reminded you about Horcruxes. Got a lot of Horcrux detail and exposition. It did. I just felt like the devotion of a chapter in itself for that reminder could have been definitely combined with more important storyline. So you don't This was more like, like Mrs. Weasley doesn't want them to hang out together. That's what I was going to say. You don't think that's an and important so, storyline? So now they're, um, they're, they're helping out getting ready for the wedding. Doing and, chores. Uh, they sure are doing the page, chores. They're going to be doing some other chores. <laughs> yeah, they are. Still not hanging Let's out. name them. Let's rapid fire. Give me some chores they were doing. Um, we'll go back and forth. Get, uh, they got to get the sheets ready okay. for the, the delicours. They got to feed the chickens. Got to feed the chickens. Um, they have to clean the cutlery. Mm-hmm. And they've got to um, sort the wedding presents. The favors. Right. Because you don't want them all in the same, like they they need to be categorized. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what do they have to do with the tent? There's something they, they got to get the tent ready. They got to set it up and smash the tables together. Yep, yep. They've got to like muck out the chicken coop. I think. What are we missing? They got to identify socks. Good point. I feel like there's other things that we're missing, but um, yeah, a lot of chores. Here's what I was going to ask. Do you have any, I'm calling this mom power. Do you have experience with this mom power? Is this something that you were like, yeah, I know the vibe that's coming off Ms. Weasley right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you talking like from your own mom? From Hannah, uh, who feels like a mom with all of her younger children, younger siblings? I thought you were going to say Hannah's mom. I would say I've sure. experienced it firsthand with my mother and seen it with Hannah's mother. Mm-hmm. For sure. This wasn't a my mother move. Really? The mom power. Mm-mm. No. What was? There's only so much room for power dynamics in the Merriman household. A Gail, I mean, no, Gail was just uh go along to get along, just... What what are we doing? Okay, well I'll help with that. That's fine. <laughs> so so elaborate a little more on that. There's only so much room for power dynamics within the Merriman household. So I'm I'm familiar with this with this mom power. It just comes from dad. It just it, it was just the Richard thing. Interesting. Just, just how did that play just, itself out? Just w- waking you up and like clapping like this a lot. You get a lot of that and just like mm. dragging you outside to go like carry pieces of bush from one part of the yard to the other and uh like edge long stretches of sidewalk with like butter knives what we never owned we never owned any power tools i mean we had like a lawnmower but we didn't use like it i've never used an edger that's fine not not that's not uncommon the butter knife thing you were you kidding no that's what he used 
I'm not messing kidding. With me? No, I'm not. I can show okay. you. You got me. That's fine. <laughs> I can show you the text where he was like, because I was talking about not wanting to edge like at my house. And he was like, just get out there with a butter knife and suck it up. How does that work? Walk me through that. You just, you, you stab it in and you like saw at like this much, like, you know, sawed the t- overhanging the sidewalk and you grab it with both hands and rip it up and throw it over there into the grass and then you pick it all up later. Oh my gosh. What do you use? Um, well, where I grew up, edging isn't a thing. <laughs> Sidewalks aren't a thing. Sidewalks aren't a thing. Actually, we did have a little sidewalk because um, that... Uh, that's where I did my rollerblading and skateboarding, the eight-foot stretch of sidewalk we had connecting our porch to our gravel driveway. Nice. Um, I mean, you can picture on Grant Street, like, at my house, all of the sidewalk yeah. on Grant Street, all of it down Lincoln Street to the neighbor's house. Sure, And the, sure. in no. the front yard sidewalk. Living there, like, edging would be a thing, yeah. for sure. I get that part. Um, it just seems like a, a power tool, if you're that concerned about it, a power tool is a worthy investment at that point. One would think... That's crazy, man. Wow. I've never heard of that. Mm-hmm. I have never heard of someone using a butter knife to edge a yard. That's, mm-hmm. that's sometimes, sometimes like a putty knife. Okay. Um, a lot of weeding using like putty knives as instead of spades for some reason. A lot of hand weeding of flower gardens. Yeah, I've done and, that. And it that's... was it was just like this is what you're doing all Saturday. Like, there's not the questions about it. Like, this is what's happening. Yeah. It's just, like, two claps and get out there. If it's only two claps, you're, like, you're counting your lucky stars. Is that the first? I think that's the first. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like I know you a little better now after uh, absorbing that part of your childhood. That's good. It was a part. Th- those were the kinds of parts of my childhood that... uh Jacob was more apt to go along with these uh, demands more docilely than I was. Four hours in, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to paint the inside of these cabinets any longer. Like, we've been spending hours doing, like, scraping whatever. Like, doing everything very menially. And then now I'm in trouble over the talking back and stuff. And Jacob's just, just chugging along. Just doing it, yeah. Wow. That's the source of tension sometimes. Um, that's the any. Do you have any examples? The mom power. Because she's Um, she's laying it on. Mrs. Weasley's laying it on. Oh, so you're just not gonna go to school? I don't see why you have to. Like, I'm sorry. I thought that you loved me because I'm your mom. Are you not gonna do that? Yeah, there were plenty of like. I guess, what is the question? Did my mom make me do things in the same realm of, like, edging with a butter knife? Like, just kind of stupid time waster things to keep me from doing something else? Is that what the question is? It's more about the vibe that she's giving off. Like, where they're all, like, walking on eggshells, like, scared of, like, her just coming down, like, you gotta do this. And plus there's the whole guilt trip aspect, too, of them... Of, about them leaving and like why don't you just tell me about it and why are you doing this instead of just telling me because I'm your mom and you're supposed to love me yeah yeah absolutely um, 
Yeah, there's probably a lot of good examples. Um, my mom is someone who um, demanded respect from a very early age and got it. Yeah. Um, very much. Like, I didn't get in arguments with my mom until a lot later in life. And, like, growing up, if you wanted to argue, like, that's a hill you better be ready to die on. Like, it's it like, better be... It's like arguing real. about chicken wings with me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's... Very few situations is it truly worth it. Um, which I think is probably true in a lot of different ways in life. <laughs> so maybe I learned something from that. But, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Didn't argue a whole lot. And um, if you were going to choose to argue, you better have... You better come ready. Yeah. Um, but specific examples, I don't know. That's okay. Yeah. It's just, it's a vibe, you know, it's a mood. Mom had the prowess that Mrs. Weasley has for sure of like, if she's not happy, um, kind of one of those, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy Mm -hmm. type vibes. Um, she she could she had that power in the household of like you screwed up and like you're gonna fix it yeah <laughs> and you're like I I know I will exactly yeah but I love my mother yeah of course Braden's mom come on the pod Braden you can't you guys can't see Braden's nodding his head vigorously he's really into it <laughs> um question for you. So a lot of this chapter is Harry being like, no, I can't tell you. No, Dumbledore really did say it was just me. Should Harry, in your opinion, is Harry being extra? Should he be more willing to loop in Kingsley and Bill and loop in 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 what's going on here? Before this incident with the Death Eaters two chapters ago, Mm. I would have told you yes. Okay. Because we can trust them. Right. Since then, I think, one, there's loyalty to Dumbledore that I totally understand, especially with his death being so recent that, Mm -hmm. like, you don't want to go back on. Um, And then, two, like we were talking about, like, clearly there's a leak somewhere. And if you're Harry, you're probably starting to wonder how much longer can you really rely on the order Right. Right. Um, at some point you're going to have to take control of the situation yourself. And so, and not to mention he is clearly in the mindset of like, I have caused enough trouble for everybody else. Like I just need to do this myself and get it over with. It's, it's a burden that he has placed on himself. Right. Placed on himself in some ways and other ways just has been thrown in his lap. Right? Yeah. Um, so we're yeah, we're worried about that. That makes sense. There's clearly some kind of leak. Um, and then like we said, a lot of this chapter, there's several pages here of discussing the Horcrux situation. Hermione got some Horcrux books. Had you given any thought prior to this about the destruction of Horcruxes? That act in and of itself. No, I really hadn't. 
Um, so really that's, I guess that is the purpose of this chapter is them coming to grips with like, okay, not only do we have to find them, but what the heck do we do with them once we do find them? And do we have the capacity or ability to perform the magic needed to do so? Yeah, so we're thinking it's got to be some kind of spell, right? Yeah, you would think. I mean, with the diary, Harry was able to stab it, but it had to be a basilisk fang, right? Yeah, you got any basilisk fangs? Don't have any fresh out. Um, So yeah, it may not always be a spell, but it's probably most always going to be some kind of weird contingency. Like, yeah, you can stab it, but it's got to be a snake fang or, I don't know, something weird like that, specific to the the situation that you find the Horcrux in. Yeah, that makes. I guess that makes sense. So, like, it could be a different... Method of destruction for each Horcrux. Right. Knowing Voldemort, he didn't make them all the same to where they can be destroyed the same way. Sure. Um, so we're kind of worried about that now. It's like one of those things where it's like, I wasn't worried about this now that you told me about it, now I am. Right. Right. Now I realize I should have been worried about it. Um, give me a prediction for the wedding. Is it going to go off without a hitch? No. No? Why no not? wedding ever has. <laughs> What's going to happen? Um, I think a Death Eater is going to crash the party. If not multiple a Death, Death Eaters, Eater? right? Well, how how <clears throat> yeah, are they going to get in? Isn't there a bunch of... Uh, well, that's probably going to get us closer to the leak. Because um, as of now... Mung Dungus hasn't returned. And are we still waiting on anybody else? I mean, there are... Just, just Mad-Eye. I guess Mad-Eye's dead. Or so we think. But Yeah. Sources say. Um, I don't know, because at this point I kind of feel like if they if they were able to figure out when and where they were moving the other night why couldn't they figure out where they're at now what kind of plans are going on like i don't know the way the wedding is being set up like harry wanted to leave earlier than that and now they're going to wait around another day like it kind of seems like a risk and so a risk that it seems like voldemort will capitalize on that makes sense um, I guess we didn't really get into it all, kind of the whole conceit of the chapter. We're, we haven't touched on it. Ron dressed up a ghoul, whatever that is, as as a Ron. But, okay, I broke the thing. Okay, pause. Okay, oh jeez. I didn't loosen it at all.
What's a ghoul? Why is it in pajamas? Do we care about it? Can you answer those questions for me? A little twist here on the podcast. <laughs> you don't remember the ghoul being in pajamas? Uh, I remember it all. Don't understand it. Don't know what the heck a ghoul is. Why is there one in their basement or their attic? <laughs> What's an attic? Does everyone? Does everyone? <laughs> does everyone just keep a ghoul in their attic? The Weasleys do. A ghoul is like, it's like a zombie ghost. It's like a more corporeal ghost. It has body, it would seem. And it's just like, it's just the thing that's making the moaning noises in your attic. And it's like the scary reason you don't want to go in your attic. It's just like, he's got chains maybe for some reason. It's a ghoul. And why, why wouldn't you get rid of that? Why are they okay with that being in their attic? Why are there ghosts at Hogwarts? Why is Peeves at Hogwarts? Why are they okay with gnomes running around their garden? The gnomes seem garden a little more gnomes. harmless. Get off me! The, no, the ghoul doesn't eat people. It just lays there and moans. It's part of the charm. It's the ghoul in the attic. Classic ghoulie. <laughs> Um, okay. And so are you clear on why it is wearing Ron's old pajamas? They are going to tell people who wonder why he's not at Hogwarts Mm -hmm. that he has this disease that makes his face look like he's got some kind of skin rash or disease. Yeah. Because that's just... I guess how ghouls look naturally. <laughs> Brayden looks like he's actively pooping on the screen right I, now. <laughs> so consternated. Um, there, I believe, I'll have to look at the text here. Um, Ron and his dad, like, tried, he, they made some efforts to make it look more like Ron, and they put the spots on his face. His dad and Fred and George transformed him a little bit, gave him some red hair. And they gave him some spots on his face. And it's like, yeah, that can like pass as Ron with the spots on the face. Because no one's going to want to get close because they don't want to get the spot face disease. Okay. Makes sense. So Mr. Weasley is in on it. Yeah. He's good with this. But Mrs. Weasley is not. Yeah. Obvi. This is another one of those that I don't... I don't really get it. I mean, it's it's supposed to be a symbol of Ron's commitment. Like, look, I've taken steps. I got a ghoul for Harry. Like, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. Like, why would I get a ghoul if I wasn't all in? Yeah, I just don't think this should overshadow Hermione's commitment. Hermione's commitment's a lot more legit. So that's a lot more legit to you? Oh my gosh, yes. Talk about it. Tell me about it. Hermione basically, like, gave up her parents. She could theoretically go back and get them. Right, but it's not guaranteed that she'll be able to. Right. So she puts some sort of weird, like, mental charm on them to where they think they're totally different people that have always wanted to travel and live in Australia. Mm-hmm. 
the evidently a strong enough charm that they were like, yeah, we have to move to Australia now. <laughs> what the F are we doing in not Australia? <laughs> like, the freaking point of this. and quit your job now. This is our whole personality now. It's there, That's why I did the Australian accent in the beginning. Blimey, Hermione. We need to get to Australia. They have something called Dingoes. Shrimp, uh, Barbie, sounds delicious. Fosters. <laughs> Patty Mills. <laughs> Andrew Bogut. Kookaburras. More Fosters. Yeah. Outback. When you hear your family, is that it? Is that Outback? Uh, Outback, no, Outback Steakhouse, <laughs> eat fresh. Outback Steakhouse, we have the meats. Outback Mate. Steakhouse, I'm loving it. Ba da ba ba ba. Australians have deep voices, mate. Love that chicken from Australia. I'm out back. Where were we? Talking about Hermione's commitment yeah. being uh, a lot more serious than Ron's. She laid it all out there. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this chapter before we get to the Do We Cares? Uh, hit me. Hit me with the Do We Cares. Do we care about the Delacours showing up? Fleur's yes. mom and dad. Seems like a dangerous time to be traveling, and they traveled a long mm-hmm. way. We get it. I mean, it's just across the channel. We don't know what part of France they were in. France and England isn't that far. I guess that's true. Feels Still far. a dangerous time to be traveling. Mm-hmm. We get it. They got to do a 14-day quarantine. Um... Dangerous time to be at the borough. Mm. Dangerous time to be in the presence of Weasleys and other members of the order. So, mm. yeah, it's kind of interesting timing. Interesting that they're kind of going through with the wedding, given everything that's going on right now. Seems yeah, right. like something that... Just a lope. Yeah. That's what Remus Maybe and do... Tonks did. Yeah, or do like a really small private ceremony and then have a party later once Voldemort's dead. That's a, it's a twofer. Do we care about the pieces of Sirius's motorcycle that Arthur Weasley has in the chicken shed? Yeah, Arthur's going to rebuild the motorcycle, and it's going to be like Harry's um, like Batmobile. Nice. It's not safe to fly through the skies anymore, so he's going to ride this bike. And he's going to get a tattoo and his ears pierced. And he's going to wear, like, leather chaps. Have you seen the late 90s film where Shaquille O'Neal plays, like, an Iron Man character? It's, like, Man of Steel or something. I mean, that's, like, a Superman movie. But, like, he... It's definitely... Okay. You're making me Google things in the middle of my own podcast, Braden. I don't even know how to use these Macs. No, no. I can't. 
He was in Kazam. You're familiar. That's what I was going to guess. Yeah, it's just called Steel. It's just called Steel. Uh, a military scientist takes to the streets as a high-tech crusader when his work on a formidable new weapon is hijacked. When a version of his weapon, which neutralizes enemies without killing them, starts appearing in the outside world, he dons a special suit and transforms himself into a cartoon-style superhero. So in this film, Shaq plays a military scientist who then puts on a super-heavy Iron Man suit because he's the only person big enough to wear something so heavy. It got 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. I just uh, gave it a four-star review as Jeremy. <laughs> it got 2.8 out of 10 okay. on IMDb. Don't look any farther down. Look at the screen. Look at me. The budget for this film was $16 million. What do you think it made at the box office? Two. 1.7. <laughs> It made back just over 10% of its budget. Just a, just a smidge over. Well, can't win them all. Somehow I feel like Shaq came out all right. I guess. Shaq's been in a bunch of movies. Kazam, Blue Chips, the best of them. Uncle Drew, Scary Movie 4, Blended, Grown Ups 2, The Lego Movie, Good Burger. You forget Shaq was in Good Burger. You do forget that. Interesting. Okay. Um, do we care about the ghoul? Do we care about the Granger family? Oh, we got all our do we cares out of the way. Anything else you cared about that you wanted to bring up? Um, I care about Harry's wand acting on its own accord. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, why'd that happen? You think we're going to yeah. find out? I think at the end of the book, we will find out. Miles beneath the school. So far, a surprising distance. Like, you thought the Chamber of Secrets was way underground. No, it's it's farther than that. Mm-hmm. Farther than we've ever dared to go. Like, we're getting dangerously close to, like, the core of the Earth. And that's why they couldn't go any farther. Which is... We find out, as it turns out, that's where Voldemort's been living mm-hmm. in the core of the earth. So warm. It's like an incubator for his weird little wormy body before he got a human body again. In the chocolate milk? Yeah. Well, if you guys have any thoughts on what that phrase is that has to do with uh, power and responsibility... If you have any thoughts on Shaquille O'Neal's IMDb page, what else did we talk about? If you have any thoughts on... um, If anybody out there's got a power mom. (laughs) Or dad. Or butter knife. If you have any thoughts on just guys being dudes in the backyard with like a backhoe. (laughs) Just bros being men. With Any a, potential a case of cold business ones. plans, yeah. ideas, funding uh, yeah. concepts for establishment. If you have money, what's the term I'm looking for? If you've just got if you are a potential excess investor. cash, yeah, an angel investor, and also acreage, and know about insurance, call or text us at 978-POTTER-0 or email us at mogulsperspective at gmail.com. 
Let us know what you think about the pod. Let us know if you want to come on the pod, if you want to be Chad, if you want to meet Chad. Uh, we're getting a lot of requests for a Chad meet and greet. Okay, I know you guys want autographs. Okay, you want pictures with him, but that's gonna cost money. Okay, that's that doesn't that kind of stuff doesn't come for free. No such thing as a free lunch. No such thing as a free Chadograph. My dad's always told me that. Your mom was the one that didn't let you argue, and your dad just repeatedly said, "There's no such thing as a free Chadograph." Now go out there and yeah. skateboard on that eight feet of sidewalk. <laughs> I would get in trouble, and I'd look to him for help, and be like, "I don't, I don't know what you want me to tell you, son. I mean, there's no such thing as a free chattercraft. So, <laughs> go skate it out, buddy." Yeah. And then I would go skate out my rage. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, we want to shout out Jeremy and Jessica for letting me use their house while they're not even here. I've been sneaking in the back door to podcast in the studio. Shout out Hannah for coming on the pod and explaining to me how long it would take someone to bleed out if their ear got chopped off while they're flying a couple hundred feet in the air on a broom. I'm sure the thinner air up there is going to have some impact on the bleeding out process. Who else are we shouting out? Bill Simmons. (laughs) Shout out Bill Simmons and Jerry Seinfeld and Robert Ory. Eric Hartman. We need to listen to Bill Simmons and then do a stinger of like 30 seconds of us like breaking down Quidditch footage. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like, I I don't know. I just really think the 86 Celtics could take the uh, Harry's fifth-year Gryffindor team anytime, anyplace, right? They lost two games at home all year. Spirits guy I'll here. listen to Bill Simmons a little bit until I want to puke, and then I will come up with some sort of impression, and we can do that. Sports guy. I'm going to compare the Harry Potter series to uh, the movie Speed. It'd probably be easier to do, like, Dan Lobitard and Stu Gods. I have not listened to that much of them. Don't. I feel like what I'd be into know? it. What about Mike and the Mad Dog? No, they're uh, New York sports radio personalities that Bill Simmons and his friend Sal will do impressions of. Yeah, no, I don't know, Mike. I just think I just really think the Yankees have it this year. <laughs> dog, no, no, it's the Mets this year, dog. Thanks, guys. Shout out, Chad. Bye. Bye.